Welcome to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. Here we will discuss all things related to physical preparation, including rehab, performance, and education. Welcome back to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance. This is Dr. Nick Perugini checking in today with Dr. Ray Carr. Hey, how are you guys doing today? And Coach Rob Rabina. What's going on, everyone? Today we're gonna we're gonna we have we have a simple episode, but effective episode coming up. We're gonna be talking about our top three unilateral upper body exercise that you know we're programming uh, in the gym for you know our athletes in the performance setting or in uh, the rehab setting. And and as you can imagine, these exercises are probably pretty straightforward. Uh, but we're gonna go into you know, the effectiveness of these exercises, you know, how we're using them, um, why we're using them. And, you know, hopefully we can share some insight on, on some of these, you know, exercises and why they are important to us. So uh, we'll, we'll get the ball rolling. Uh, let's, let's pass the ball off to Ray to start. And, and Ray, let's kind of, I, I know you have some unique upper body exercises that, that you're <laughs> using that, that I see with your, you know, see with your athletes, see with your baseball players. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on your, on your, you know, three most frequently used upper body unilateral exercises yeah let's let's get it um so my first one my first go-to upper body unilateral exercise would probably have to be my half kneeling hinge half kneeling hinge and press um this is something i started i kind of it kind of was a uh like modification of like an arnold press and like started using it in virginia um, when I was working with throwers down there. Um, and basically, you know, I love using it in bottoms up fashion. Uh, but yeah, pretty much, you know, half kneeling, 90-90 starting position. Um, and you're working pretty much sagittal plane to frontal plane control and stability, which is, is extremely important, uh, especially in what we do dealing with throwers and everything. Um, so right, just to just to give our people listening an idea. So half kneeling. So it, let's say that your right knee's on the ground. Kind of explain what that looks like for our our listeners. Yeah. So right knee on the ground. Uh, if you're doing the right arm, uh, left knee is going to be up at about a 90 degree angle. Uh, and then again, elbow 90 90 shoulder arm position. So elbow is going to be at shoulder height. Okay. And a right angle. Yep. Exactly. Um, elbow is going to be at a right angle and moving from sagittal plane, which is this direction, folks, uh, to frontal plane. All right. Which is more moving in this direction. So I kind of help, uh, break that down for you. Nick. I think that's good. I think that's good. Yeah, man. Um, next, uh, so this is one I've been only using lately really. And so I love, we love carries obviously, right? So single arm farmer's carry, uh, go back to that 90-90 upper arm position, okay? So elbows at shoulder height, right angle, okay? Um, and what I'd like to do is bottoms up and side lunge, okay? So what we're doing here with the side lunge is we're getting into the frontal plane, okay? It's gonna toast the posterior rotator cuff, all right, your rotator cuff, Got four of them, four muscles, all right? One's kind of in the front that lines your scap. You got one over top, and you got two in the back of the shoulder, all right? So those ones in the back of the shoulder are really going to get cooking with this one. Uh, I kind of started using it because, like, I think 
you know, specificity specific to what we, you know, is important, right? And we work with throwers that train and throw and they make a living in the frontal and transverse plane. Uh, so this was kind of like, you know, I mean, it's something I began doing this off season with guys uh, and got a lot of great feedback with them. Um, it's something I honestly have never really seen used out there either before. Um, but again, just to give you a visual, 90-90 arm position, bottoms up, kettlebell, the bell is leading the way. And all you're doing is a little dip in side lunge and it's a dynamic walk. Um, you know, we'll typically go for about a minute, you know, minute and a half, I would say is dosage wise. And we'll, I usually superset it with other time under tension training. Um, and yeah, again, just have found it effective because you think about our pitchers, like it's very specific. Our pitchers are throwing, almost, they're in that frontal plane initially, transverse plane finishing. But uh, yeah, so just very specific to that. Third, um, I would I would probably have to go with a probably a single arm press like horizontal press like dumbbell press because I think I think you're getting a couple things here with this I think number one the single arm nature of all of these is great because you know of course we're still training both sides but the single arm nature is going to help us cut down on those asymmetries from side to side all right that we all unfortunately have we just weren't made symmetrical okay um, so I like the single arm press as a comp to complement, you know, your bench press, Rob, um, or just, just as a horizontal press for throwers. Uh, you also naturally, I mean, you could use a physio ball, you could use a bench, but you'll also get some added trunk stability with this, which is important because what happens when like going back to say throwers, right? Throwers need to be able to use their trunk and arm and they need those muscles sequencing together to work together. So. I think anytime you can do exercises where you're getting multiple like muscle groups, like the lower quarter working with the trunk and the upper quarter, I think it's just going to be gonna translate better to performance. So, yeah, those are my three, man. Um, oh, yeah. Your guys. Yeah, those are those are those are really good, Ray. And you've uh, you know I've seen those in the clinic and seen how effective those exercises are. You know, challenging. You know, fun um, and, and effective. And like you said, specific. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Rob, what do you uh, what do you got? Top three uh, unilateral exercises. I think before we go over my top three list, I think we have to first discuss like you know maybe like who and why are we giving unilateral upper body exercises for? You know what are the advantages over bilateral right. upper body exercises? Um, you know, so I, I like to explain this because I get this question all the time especially with our throwing population, it's, it's a big, big thing that, you know, baseball players shouldn't bench, you know, just is just an example. I'm just using pressing. Um, you know, so if we're looking at a, at, at a bilateral exercise, and I love bilateral exercises. I'm not saying anything bad that I don't do them. When you look at a bilateral exercise, uh, specifically if we're just using the example of the bench press, you know, the, 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 the shoulder blades and rib cages, it's kind of locked in position. You know, it's not going to be moving during that exercise. Um, and specifically, you're jamming the shoulder blades down and really creating some, some extension through the ribcage. Uh, so what, in essence, we're doing is the complete opposite from a specificity standpoint of what's happening when someone's throwing a baseball. So when someone throws a baseball, one side of the body does one thing, the other side of the body does the other, the complete opposite. 
flexion, extension, pronation, uh, et cetera. So, you know, you know um, one side's doing something, the other side's doing the complete opposite. Whereas when you do bilateral exercises, both sides of the body do the same exact thing at the same time. Um, so, you know, there's definitely pros and cons to both exercises. Um, I think you definitely have to incorporate a mixture of both into your training programs from an upper body unilateral standpoint. I love doing a lot of upper body unilateral exercises, especially for my, my baseball players. All right, so I just wanted to kind of go over that real quick. So I think that's an important talking point as to like, oh, like, like why can't I just do some bent over rows and some chest supported rows and pull ups and bench press and that's all I need to do? Yes and no. Um, there, there's always two sides to each coin. All right. Rob, I was going to say just also from a rehab standpoint, I think you bring up a great point. Like, uh, you know, I mean, even, you know, naturally, like I said, you know, we're not symmetrical, but people come in with injuries, creating even additional asymmetries. Um, thus, I think that's why, you know, in the rehab setting, we probably program more unilateral stuff than bilateral work just because we're trying to cut down on those asymmetries. I also think, yeah, it's easier to cue ribs down position to help with scapular mechanics, ultimately. Um, but, yeah, man, great point. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just getting to my top three, I think one of my favorite is a standing split stance one-arm cable row. I use this exercise all the time. I think it's phenomenal, um, especially if you add an opposite reach. All right, so let's break this exercise down. So you're in a split stance. Okay. We can we can do a static lower half positioning where we're positioning the lower half into some AFIR, which is acetabulofemoral internal rotation, which is similar to front, you know, frontal plane, all the same stuff Ray was saying. Um, where we're frontal plane lower body. Okay, my lower body is in frontal plane, which is the same position that we're in when we're hitting or throwing or do any sort of gait running or jumping activity. Okay. And now what's happening in the, in, in the upper half is we're rowing. One arm is retracting the scapula. One arm is protracting the scapula, which, again, is very similar to what's happening when you're doing a throw, a hit, or any unilateral or any rotational upper body exercise. Okay, the rib cage is also your controlling sagittal plane rib cage. And then with the added reach and row, we're now adding some trunk rotation left and right. Okay, so, so now we're, 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 we're making a, a traditional static exercise, a very dynamic exercise, and we're moving in the right spots and using different muscles, um, you know, than just a simple row. You could look at it, you know, just, oh, yeah, like you're just doing row, you're training lats. Y yes, you are, but you're also doing a lot more from a, from a mobility standpoint, from a stability standpoint, from a positioning standpoint. You know, we're checking a lot of boxes with that one exercise. Uh, which is which is which is what you want when you're programming certain exercises for certain people with certain goals. You want to choose exercises that have a lot of carryover and have a lot of big bang, um, uh, just training things, which which is which is what you want. So that's definitely one of my one of my top three for sure. Thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I'm. Rob, Rob, that's, that was, you know, probably first on, on my list, you know, and I, you bring up this really good point of, you know, really, really our programming, our exercises are, 
you know, it, it may be tough to kind of see it, you know, when you look at it like one day at a time or one week at a time, but you know, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks of a specific exercise, for example, this split stance cable row, you know, what it's really doing is, yeah, we're, we're probably building some specific and local, you know, muscle strength from this exercise, especially if it's, if it's progressed, um, you know, in, in intensity or volume, but really what we're also doing, it's, it's loaded mobility. Right. And, and we look at bang for your buck, right. We're kind of teaching our, and you said, you said uh, something, you know, we're trying to move the right things, right. And being able to create good stiffness in the right areas and get movement in the right areas in a loaded uh, fashion is, you know, and we're getting some muscle endurance and strength out of it. That's kind of uh yeah, like you said, we're checking the boxes. We're filling buckets, winning, um, winning. winning, you know, just straight up winning with a split stance cable route. Absolutely big fan yeah. of that. yeah also just very specific again i mean you know what i mean and uh like i also like i love rob i love when i see your guys come down man and like the intent behind it like there's a power element to this movement as well right uh which i think is great yep yeah and even 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 furthermore to add it, you know this idea of bilateral exercises versus unilateral you know we look at the bilateral exercises you know obviously our ability to have you know, a, a high absolute strength, you know, is important. And, and that's maybe where our bilateral movements are going to come into play. And, you know, with that, our base of strength is going to allow us to now go into unilateral exercises, you know, express our power, express our strength, maybe in a more dynamic fashion, while incorporating, you know, strategic ranges of motion that hopefully we want to, you know, have transferred over to the field. Um, and again, I think it's important to note this idea of why are we even doing, you know, why not just bilateral exercises? And I think you cover that nicely, Rob. Yeah. I think people, people need to realize like doing a bilateral movement with two different, like, like getting underneath a bar and benching with two different shoulders, you know, one shoulder throws a hundred pitches every five days. Like there's like, you know, it's going to force you into some kind of compensation strategy that probably is going to result in undue stress on some kind of structure and create pathology in the end. Absolutely correct. I mean, in, yeah, I mean, there's a, I don't want to make this a debate of bilateral versus yeah. unilateral. There's a lot that we can go into with it, but I agree with all your guys' points. Um, Rob, I would love it? to hear, um, I would love to hear how you have taken my half kneeling hinge and I love the, like the progression you have added to it with the rotation and, Maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, I, I definitely stole that from you. Uh, <laughs> I did not come up with that. I stole that from Ray. That's a Ray Carr stolen exercise. <laughs> I got, got to give credit to her credit to yeah, tip the cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Ray, I think that's a, I think that's a great exercise. I, um, you know, and, and some other points that you didn't bring up as to why I really like it, but you're, you're teaching interdependence you're teaching the arm to move in the socket without the scapula moving mm. right we're teaching humeral control yeah. which so is teaching. huge which is huge and a lot of throwers that have no idea where their arm is at you know i look at it as straight everyone talks about shoulder stability like that is shoulder stability moving dynamically which right, is yep. winning which is what you want static you know um yeah static dynamic like that's what you want um you know, the kettlebell bombs up, gives a lot of cuff control, um, you know, and, and, and what I've added to it is the same kind of thing, like lower half frontal plane AFIR control with 
trunk rotation. So you're holding lower half forward with opposite trunk rotation. So if we're, again, if we're in our half kneel with our left knee up, you know, we're rotating right without your belly button or hips moving at all. Um, so again, we're teaching that like dissociation or that separation component, which is, which is huge. Um, yeah. I mean, a great extra. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great points there too. So I think you know, just, you know, I think just moving on completing my, my top three list right here. Um, probably my number two is uh, probably going to go a, I'm going to go half kneeling one arm landmine press. Um, why that's my number two uh, again, we get, I, uh, you guys are maybe seeing a pattern in some of my exercises, half kneeling, standing, split stand, um, positions are the same. Right, reciprocal. Uh, so we're getting, yeah, we're getting that reciprocation, which, which again, if, it, if you want to run faster, if you want to skip, if you want to throw, swing, do all these rotational movements, you have to be able to reciprocate. Not all exercises need to be static. Right, we we do those bilateral static exercises, but when we do unilateral exercises, we need to somehow move our body. And again, Nick, I think you said it earlier, like strength plus mobility, like that's exactly what these exercises are, and that's why I love them. You know, like people look at it as as a strength exercise. I look at it as a hey, like we're, we we got to get scapular rotation. We got to learn to reach the arm all the way overhead without going directly vertical for those that are limited inflection and probably 85% of the baseball players that I'm seeing are limited inflection. Right. It's a great kind of go between exercise where we're getting close to that end range flexion under load. We yes, we're still training mobility of flexion, but it's also working that upward rotation and flexion component from a mobility standpoint while we're loading. And then we're decelerating the arm back down, you know, controlling down rotation of the scapula under load. Uh, if you add a reach, you're getting that trunk rotation. Like again, like these are all the qualities that we're training during this single exercise. And again, from a muscular standpoint, are we training pressing muscles? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's yeah. definitely my number two. I, lo I I love that movement. Um, I also, I mean, one of the reasons, like, like I like I view like like all right, look, pressing right, like vertical press, horizontal press, like it from like a shoulder dumbbell overhead or to a bench, right? The landmine is somewhere it's the you can strengthen in between those two ends. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, so I, I love using it. Yeah. Because, you know, I feel like it kind of, you're, you know, dotting your I's and crossing your T's there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah thanks. Oh. No, Definitely a good exercise. Um, and I think just to, to round out my list, my top three, I mean, this one's tough. Like I'm kind of torn between, um, you know, just a, just a single arm dumbbell, like kind of bench press or a single, uh, like a like a knee supported row variation. Um, both of those, I would say, are more of a traditional. You know, we're chasing strength. Not that we're not chasing strength with my other variations. You know, but these are just these are just these are staple exercises that should be in everyone's programs. I don't care what your goals are. You know, we talked a lot about specificity. These are general exercises that I think everyone should do because there's nothing wrong with these exercises. Right. So I'm going to probably just go with, with my single arm bench press. Um, you know, I think it's a great exercise um, for not only developing strength. Uh, also, Ray talked a lot about just the, a, the asymmetry of it, where one arm is holding a dumbbell, the other one's empty. You know, so you're not only training the moving arm, 
you're training the empty arm through a through a stability nature from a tension standpoint um you know which is which is which again is is good things to get after yeah absolutely again build, building that foundation and strength almost that, that reservoir of of strength to allow you to access you know other you know other things and, and for you to just display your strength i think that's a you know really good really good point there Rob, I thought you may go with your with a rotational press, man. Rotational landmine press. Yeah, I thought about it, you know, but I think that's just that's just very specific, and yeah, I just went with the half kneeling landmine. Stuff, man. Stuff. Again, I, I think uh, you know all of these exercises are, are exercises that that are going to be somewhere, you know, in in my top three, top five, top ten. Um, you know, they're all all great exercises. So I'm going to try and pick three different exercises here um, and provide a little, little different rationale behind those three. So uh, the first one I'm going to go with, I'm actually going to go with the closed chain exercise here. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the three were, were kind of open chain, meaning, you know, my hands open, it's not in contact with, with, with the earth potentially. So, you know, what, one of the movements that I, I like to use, you know, from, from an assessment standpoint, it gives me some information um, it, it allows me to, to, to understand where someone's at from a confidence level, you know, after an elbow or shoulder, um, you know, surgery, for example, is, is a push-up position, you know, shoulder tap where, you know, early on, right, we've got two, we're, we're in a push-up position or plank position. I'm going to lift one hand up and touch my opposite shoulder. And in that position, right, if, if my left hand touched my right shoulder, you know, my right hand is stabilizing pretty much my entire body weight. So my rib cage, my scapula, my, my shoulder, elbow, wrist have to coordinate with each other and become organized with each other to stabilize my body from, from rotating, allowing my belly button to, you know, rotate to the side or having my hips rotate as well. So, you know, the push-up shoulder tap is a, is a very low-level exercise that in a lot of my elbow or shoulder or even, you know, even, even low back um, type, type uh, client clients, I want them to be, be proficient in. Um, and again, you know, making sure that we're able to maintain a little bit of a reach uh, with our scap during that position as I support my body weight on one side is something that I, that I, I want to, I want to see from that. So again, you know, challenging, you know, wrist extension, challenging, you know, elbow extension without hyper extending the elbow. Um, and again, challenging our ability to organize scap, you know, shoulder and rib cage together while supporting your body weight it is, it's can be tougher for someone that is just getting back into that, that, uh, you know, weight bearing position. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, love that you went closed chain because I mean, you know me, like, I, I feel like you have to have a balance, even though baseball is an open chain type of activity, like you have to have both open chain stability and a hundred percent closed chain stability. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of building off that just to, you know, hop into, you know, num number two here is I'm going to go with the carry variation. You know, Ray mentioned a, a, a carry variation on his, you know, lateral bottoms up, you know, lunge dip exercise. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go over, overhead. I'm going to go overhead carry, you know, heavy overhead carries, you know, dumbbell or kettlebell. And, you know, with the populations that we're working with, you know, uh, baseball or throwers, um, even our overhead athletes, um, especially, you know, in our performance world, uh, the CrossFitters, or especially, you know, 
it's not uncommon if you were to look at uh, a Metcon style workout that your hands are over your head for a good portion of, of a workout, whether it be a strict press, push press, you know, jerks, um, even gymnastics work or even handstand holds. And so building some capacity to have your shoulder be an end range shoulder flexion and have the resilience and time under tension to be strong and to be stable there and to allow your body to figure out how to stack itself, wrist, elbow, shoulder over your, over your body is a really important concept. And I think uh, making sure that someone has this, again, reserve capacity overhead in end range shoulder flexion is really important for, you know, from a performance standpoint, from an injury prevention standpoint, um, for our throwers and for our population, such as, you know, CrossFitter where, you know, end range shoulder flexion is something that we need to be solid in. Are you guys using overhead carries at all, you know, in your, in your programs? Yeah. 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 Nick, I mean, uh, I, I, I use this overhead carries a ton. Um, I agree with you. I think they help. I mean, in terms of translation, I mean, your gymnasts, definitely CrossFit athletes, but definitely over overhand throwing athletes, whether it's volleyball, baseball, uh, very transferable. You need stability and range, and there's only one way to get it. It's to train it. So yeah. love that movement. I totally agree. I think it's a fantastic exercise, um, you know, as well as your, your, your previous closed chain exercise. I mean, you know, I think it's just, they're just money exercises that I use all the time. Yeah. I think, I think like with the carries, it's important to note, like sometimes like, like I may have different goals, right? Like 100%. sometimes I may, I may go bottoms up, right? Sometimes I may want to maximize load and not go bottoms up. So 100%. I think there's also, you know, there's times to consider that. It's a, it's that's a great point. I want to touch on that. Like, you know, let's say like, this is like very, very, um, you know, basic almost, but Hey, let's say someone has this, this kind of full flexibility, full passive range of motion and limited active range of motion, you know, giving someone a weight overhead that allows their body to kind of figure it out and start controlling in that end range of position. If they have full passive range of motion is one way that you could help them, their body, their nervous system, figure out how to operate in that range of motion. Right. So the weight is almost, it's not necessarily going to be from a strength perspective, but it's going to be from a control, uh, well, motor control standpoint, um, and end range stability standpoint. And again, you know, that, that can be very valuable on the other end, you know, it's not uncommon for me to be programming a hundred, 120 pound dumbbell overhead carries for 30, 50 meters for some of our, our my elite, you know, CrossFit uh, people that we're programming for. So again, you know, it, whether it's 10 pounds or 120 pounds, you know, there are different goals of why we're, we're programming these types of things. Yeah. Great. Um, cool. All right. So last one, um, I'm going to go with a single arm bicep concentration curl. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Actually, we're going to go, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go, uh, I'm going to go Turkish get up, sit up. And again, mm -hmm. on this one, um, you know, I, I love, I love Turkish get ups. I think, uh, I think, that sometimes, again, we got we to gotta know when to program this. I think we have to be honest with ourselves that, you know, a Turkish getup is probably not going to be building a ton of strength, right? And, and it's not going to stimulate a bunch of muscle mass. But I think what we're doing is we're putting, we're, we're challenging someone in a position 
with a little bit of load to access certain ranges of motion, to learn how to control those ranges of motion with a little bit of perturbation, right? Or challenge to the, in their environment. And again, from someone who's progressing, okay, they've checked a box, you know, they're able to lift their, their, you know, shoulder over the head without pain. They can do an overhead carry um, and they need to get back to something a little bit more dynamic, putting them in a Turkish get up position or progression, such as a sit up where, you know, we're challenging shoulder flexion, we're challenging anterior core control, right? We're going to be looking at midline and, and how that other arm can even support ourselves in a closed chain setting and incorporating some lower, lower body activity. Again, you know, we're looking at this, this kinetic chain idea. Can we connect our lower half through our midline to our upper half? Um, and again, you know, I think the Turkish get up sit up is a, is a, is a, it's a good amount of variance um, in a, in a rehab program, which is not always the goal, but, but can be um, something that's positive in a, in a program. And again, we're getting end range shoulder flexion. We're getting some anterior core control. And uh, I think those are all, all good things in, in a rehab or performance type program. Yeah. And I, I love, I love the shoulder extension on the close Definitely. chain hand. I, mean, I feel like that's huge. Rob mentioned, you know, how one side of the body is doing one thing, the other side doing another. I feel like that's a perfect example of, uh, yeah, just that. So, yeah. I mean, it's a great exercise. I think it's also a self-limiting exercise. I think it Definitely. really will show asymmetries majorly. Definitely. Definitely. And again, you know, we're, yeah. we're getting, we're getting some, we're getting some rectus there. We're, we're, we're getting some obliques. There's a little bit of this rotational component, you know, in the way that we're sitting up and then, then eccentrically lowering back down if we're really cueing that. And again, working some end range shoulder flexion, you know, at the top there. And again, I think with a lot of these exercises, you know, and, you know, I think we all agree with the quote, you know, it's, it's never about the exercise. You know, we can give the same exercise to, you know, five different people and each of those people are going to have their own things to focus on, whether it be getting more AFIR, whether it be having someone really, you know, get a, get a good reach on their, on their pulling arm, right. Or maintaining a little bit more of a, of a hip tuck. You know, it's not about the exercise. The exercise allows us to get some of these concepts across. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Again, just to recap, you know, unilat top three unilateral exercises. Obviously, uh, you know, it's it's good it's good to have some variety in your program, but more than more than anything, it's important that we're understanding, you know, why we're programming these things and how our unilateral exercises can be effective and also how they can complement some of our our big movements, right? Our big uh, uh, bilateral exercises. And the goal of this podcast today was not about, you know, saying that unilateral is better than bilateral, but hopefully it was about giving, giving you guys some ideas on how you can start incorporating some of these things and more importantly, why you would incorporate some of those things. Thanks for checking in today, guys, to another episode of Training Room Talk powered by Precision Performance. If you guys have any questions, you can reach out to me at Nick at Precision Performance PT. Dot com. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, send it to a friend that needs some ideas on unilateral training, and we hope to see you guys next time. Did you know we now offer personalized remote programming, one-on-one -on -one video telehealth sessions, and mentorships for both students and professionals? If you're interested in any one of these, please email John at J-O-N at precisionperformancept.com and he can help you get started today.